Hello and welcome back. Today is November 29th, 2020, and the title of this episode, episode 30, is Let's Talk About Meat Again. Back in August, in episode 15, I addressed the question about eating meat. Today's episode is inspired by a list of questions I received from a young athlete. So I'm going to answer those questions for everyone who may be wondering about the same things. This is obviously a very controversial topic, highly debated, and very much promoted by a certain group of scientists and food manufacturers. The new and hot vegan diet debate or the plant-based diet. I'm going to start by a recap of what we humans are supposed to be as a species. As you recall, we discussed the three major types of diets in nature. Herbivores, which are all plant-eating, grass-eating, grazing animals like cows, sheep, goats, etc. Omnivores, this translates into a diet that is consisted of animal flesh, i.e. meat and fish as protein, and animal fat, and vegetables and fruits, i.e. plants and carbs. This includes dogs, coyotes, foxes, chickens, chipmunks, mice, great apes, humans, and many others. Carnivores. This means primarily meat and flesh from other animals. Carnivores include cats, lions, tigers, wolves, sharks, Venus flytraps, and many others. Now to the questions. First question was, the blue zones are 90 to 95% plant-based and they live the longest. What's the secret? If you're not familiar with the blue zones, I will very briefly touch upon these zones. There are a few regions around the world that have been grouped in the blue zones and they all have a few things in common. The first thing is that they are healthier, happier, and live longer. But they all have certain lifestyle habits that are also in common, which makes some researchers believe that um, This is the secret to longevity in these populations, and those are movement and moving naturally, having a purpose in life every day, practice mindfulness and relaxation regularly, like daily, stop eating when they are 80% full, not stuffed 200%. Consume lots of plants. Share a glass of wine with other loved ones in small amounts. I stress small amounts with loved ones. Living close to where you were born, your original tribe or relatives. A strong emphasis on family and loved ones. In many of these zones, you will see multiple generations in one location or even the same household. So close family ties. Belonging to a community, whether it is faith-based or other types of communities. They belong to one or more such communities and meet regularly. 
Their diet is primarily locally grown, unprocessed, natural, organic, lots of plants and no processed meats or any dairy. I stress least processed. Depending on the region, their protein consumption and type of protein may vary. My theory on the blue zones is that their secret to longevity is not only based on one single factor. In fact, I think they are happier and live longer, mostly because of overall lifestyle, moving regularly, being mindful, stress management, having a strong support system and community, as well as eating clean, unprocessed foods from local sources. They are not vegan or strictly vegetarian, but their meat consumption is low to moderation and their plant food consumption is very high. Lots of vegetables, fruits, and nuts. They do not consume sugar, processed packaged foods, fried foods, GMOs or genetically modified organisms, or foods that has traveled far, treated with pesticides, and grown in monocultures. This is all good, not only for their physical health, but more importantly for their emotional and mental health, as well as the health of their environment. There are less pollutants in the form of pesticides or GMOs and other toxins in their environment and in the soil where their food grows, where plants, animals that feed off of the earth, everything is healthy and non-toxic. The next question is about red meat and carcinogens when cooked. There is some truth to this, but let me clarify. First, if we eat meat that is grass-fed and pasture-raised, not in crammed and overpopulated feedlots, not only the animal is healthier and happier, but also the meat does not need to be cooked to death. Secondly, grilling often, like daily, on charcoal is what creates two major types of carcinogenic compounds. Even if you like meat well cooked, there's a big difference between cooking thoroughly and charring. You don't have to form carcinogens to cook to an internal temperature of about 160 degrees Fahrenheit. You also do not need to grill and char your meat seven days a week. Thirdly, you do not need to or should you eat huge amounts of red meat daily or weekly. Fourth, the serving size each time is another factor. In my book, no one, no matter how big you are, needs to eat more than six ounces of red meat at one meal. But sadly, portions have become supersized like many other things in the typical American diet. Question number three was, what about meat and inflammation? Ah, this is a great question. I will start by saying not all meat is created equal. There are three major types of meat. Grain-fed processed meat. That has been fed GMO, pesticide-treated grain from animals that are kept kept in crammed, overpopulated, unhealthy, stressful, abusive feedlots and treated with antibiotics to prevent disease as a result of overpopulation and are toxic and, yes, inflammatory. How? 
These animals are not supposed to eat grains of any kind, just like we are not. Grass-fed beef refers to the animal's natural diet, and it includes much more than just grass, covering herbs, flowers, clover, and other legumes, which is collectively referred to as pasture. When cows are grain-fed, mainly corn, but also GMO, soy, and others, the composition of amino acids, as well as the ratio of omega-3 to 6 fatty acids, is altered. A healthy non-inflammatory ratio of omega-3 to 6 is 1 to 3 or 1 to 4 max. That means for every 1 omega-3, there should be no more than 4 omega-6s. This is actually good for you fat and is very heart healthy. In corn-fed meat, the ratio of omega-3 to 6 is upwards of 1 to 30 or 1 to 40. Now, this is toxic. It's inflammatory and bad at so many levels. The grain they are fed is usually GMO, high in pesticides and inflammatory to begin with. So that adds to the toxic chemicals we are consuming. Their living environment in cramped and overpopulated feedlots, which means they, are, they cannot move freely, makes me think of blue zones for cows. Um, they do not get essential nutrients from grass that is in direct sunlight, enriched in good omega-3s. They are highly stressed and extremely unhappy animals. So their stress hormones are highly elevated, which means we are consuming those stress hormones when we eat such meats. They are so crammed in tight spaces, so they are given low doses of prophylactic antibiotics for two reasons. A, to keep them from getting sick because they're so crammed and close to each other, and B, to get them fattened up fast, which is a side effect of antibiotics. So, consuming this meat means getting antibiotics as well as nicely fattened up meat, among other things. This is bad in so many levels, I cannot even cover in a week. But one main thing is antibiotic resistance is a major population health problem. The second type of meat is grass-fed grain finished, which is marketed as healthy. It's to trick you. But why do they finish them with grains? Well, one, to fatten them up faster to get to the market, and the meat is fattier because of the grain and the altered ratios of fats. So you may as well just eat grain-fed meat and save your money. This is just another marketing scam to get people to buy the product. The third, and obviously the healthiest, most natural is 100% grass-fed, 100% grass-finished. This is how the animals are supposed to live, graze naturally in pastures, move naturally and freely, get fresh air, sunlight, and other natural benefits. They're also not stressed and not fattened up with antibiotics. The meat is healthier, contains the right amount and ratios of fatty acids, omega-3s from the grass that is grown with sunlight with non-toxic ingredients, and of course, better nutrients. The issue is not just cooked meat. 
It is all of the other characteristics. How about the environment? I quote, according to Graham Harvey, author of Grass-Fed Nation, clover-rich pastures do not need to be maintained with any fertilizers or pesticides, and that includes those nitrates, which are a major source of harmful carbon emissions. This process compares favorably to industrial livestock fed a diet of soy and corn, also known as grain, whose production has led to farming, monocultures, and deforestation. The next question is about fish. What about fish and pollutants? Yes, this is a major issue if, and it's a big if, you eat farmed fish or fish that live in toxic and polluted waters and too much of some fish. The basic rule applies. Farm fish is as bad as eating toxic, fatty, sugary, inflammatory packaged food. I say it again. Farmed fish is as bad as eating toxic, fatty, sugary, inflammatory packaged food. Fish were never ever supposed to be farmed or eat grains. Think about it. How would a fish ever get access to grains underwater if it was not because of us humans? So farmed fish has the same, if not worse, toxic ratio of omega-3 to 6, upwards of 120 or 1 to, 1 to 20 or 1 to 30, i.e. toxic. So drop farmed fish like a bomb. One that comes to mind, obviously, is tilapia or farmed salmon. How about mercury? Yes, there are some large fish that are high in mercury, but we are not supposed to eat too much fish anyway, let alone large fish. Nature speaks for itself, or for us for that matter. We were scavengers first, then became hunter-gatherers. Without any modern hunting tool, the first things we could hunt were large animals, like buffaloes and such. We also used every part and every bit of the animal. We did not abuse or misuse or waste anything. Later on, when we developed better tools, we could hunt smaller animals, birds for example, and much later we finally developed skills and methods to fish. In some populations, as a result of genetic drift, the protein consumption diversified based on availability. Some regions had more fish available than others and vice versa. So humans adapted to those as a result of the genetic drift. So is eating fish toxic and bad? It depends. Farmed fish? Yes. Too much large fish like swordfish or bass? Yes. Wild fish like salmon or cod? Absolutely fine and good for you and actually makes for a good balance for variety and good complete protein. Next question is, how about ethical issues of eating meat or animal protein? This is my favorite. Some people feel it is unethical to eat another animal. Let me ask you this. Do you think it is unethical that lions, tigers, wolves, 
dogs, coyotes, foxes, chickens, chipmunks, mice, great apes, many great birds eat meat from other animals? Should we stop all omnivores and carnivores from eating meat? What if we did? What do you think would happen? First, they would not survive. More importantly, the entire ecosystem will be out of balance and Mother Nature, as we know it, would slowly die. If meat eaters did not eat from their natural prey, the population of the prey will drastically increase while the population of the predator would drastically decrease and go to extinction. Imagine if we all, if all herbivores took over, what greens would be left? What would happen to the planet? Would you think that it is ethical solution to saving the planet? Do you think all carnivores and omnivores should go extinct? The key issue is not eating other animals' meat. The issue is how we do it. Look back to the way our ancestors did it. They hunted just what they needed. They did it as a community with the community. They celebrated this natural ritual with their community. And they shared everything from that one animal and they used every bit of it. They did not waste anything. The animals they hunted were allowed to live a natural, normal, and healthy life. The animal was able to eat its natural food, move about freely, breed, and procreate at the right time. They were not forced to breed 12 months a year, and they were not caged, stressed, abused, or tortured. Because our ancestor worked hard for that meal, they appreciated very much. They did not overeat, no more than 80% perhaps, and they savored every bite. Just like you never see a lion run around and mass murder 200 deer at once and just eat some of one and waste the rest. Just like you never see a cow trying to eat some meat because of some fad diet. Just like you never see a wolf beating the hell out of a chicken and put it in a cage. Just like you never see an eagle attacking the entire nests of a prey and destroy the nests just so to take one meal. Maybe we should stop and learn from other animals. Are we truly civilized? Sometimes I wonder. It is not unethical to be like other animals and behave like them sometimes. But the trouble is, we think we are the smartest, most civil, and quote, humane species, but we are absolutely ruthless. What if we stopped being irresponsible, disrespectful, selfish, brutal, and ruthless? What if we did what we were supposed to do, eat what we were born to eat, and move like we evolved to move? What if we lived like most other animals? Sounds strange, huh? But in reality, we are animals. We're just too selfish, self-centered, sometimes too lazy, and too spoiled to behave at all. We need to be told almost everything nowadays because we forgot how to think and behave responsibly. 
we forgot how to use common sense. This is not just about eating meat, but about almost everything we do. Look at what we did at the beginning of the pandemic. We went out and wiped out everything on the grocery store shelves, even if it meant we left nothing for our neighbor, for our community members. I wonder how it feels to know deep down that you took more than you should and left nothing for your neighbor. How to sleep at night, wondering others in your community may be hungry. Even the least ethical human being cannot be in full peace knowing that, which proves one of the most important aspects of Blue Zone's success to well-being, community and belonging. It is not just about the foods they eat, it is about how they acquire, grow, and share that food they eat, which helps them really sleep well at night. The next question, how about athletes that claim to be on a completely vegan plant-based diet and perform phenomenally? My first question is this, how long has this new fad diet been followed? This is relatively new and there has been absolutely not enough time spent on truly studying and researching the effects of this on athletic performance or just usual performance and health for that matter. 50 to 60 years is like one millisecond or less when you think about the human evolution timeline. Question number two I have is, how many of these elite vegan athletes are not taking any nutritional supplements. None whatsoever. No plant-based protein shakes, no superfood veggie blend in a bottle, no pills, no tinctures, nothing other than real, natural, whole foods. And even if you find one person who can say yes to this, how long has it been? There are many nutrients that are simply not present or not present in enough concentrations in plants such as B vitamins, especially B12 or iron, for example. Many essential amino acids are not available or bioavailable to omnivores, such as carnitine, to think of one. What is the origin of the word carnitine? Carn as in flesh from meat. It is true that plants do contain amino acids and many varieties of them, but it is the bioavailability to carnivores and omnivores that is the issue. No matter how much plants and how many varieties of plants you eat, not all essential quality amino acids necessary for omnivores, which we are, dare I say again, are bioavailable to you. Hence, there are no vegans that are doing really, really well and not using any supplements whatsoever. Essentially, every vegan and 99% of vegetarians I have seen have either deficiencies or are using manufactured supplements. Now, let me ask you this. How environmentally responsible is it to consume man-made, manufactured protein powders, supplements, etc., all of which need to be made in a manufacturing laboratory or facility, bottled into some sort of a container, and mixed in with some sort of a fluid 
many times in a blender, and 99.9% .9 of the time needs to be shipped to you. Hmm. In harmony with nature, huh? So, should you be eating meat? The answer is, if you are a responsible human being, if you get your meat from your local farm or source, if you get and eat what you need, and if you eat only animal meat that was raised in natural and non-abusive environment, not mass-bred, caged, forced-fed, non-natural foods, or stuck with antibodies and other drugs to fatten up, you absolutely have every right to eat what you were born to and evolved to eat. Just like other animals have every right to eat what they were born to eat. Are you still lost, confused, aggravated, divided about your decision because your cardiologist, your oncologist, or your fellow vegan athlete may tell you that you should be vegan or vegetarian? You have every right to be lost or confused or aggravated, all of the above. Are you wondering what is right for you? Do you want to learn more about this and other topics? Reach out. Let's chat. Here's how to reach me. www.drlolly.com On my Facebook page, Dr. Lolly PhD. Or best way is to email me. Contact at drlolly.com Remember, all of Mother Nature's creatures, humans and all other animals have the right to consume the right foods for them. And we all are entitled to health at little to no cost. All the time, every day, and all year long. Thank you for listening this week. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Until then, to your health and happiness.